The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Source of Truth podcast where we study uh, the source of truth, that is, the Word of God. If you're following along in Scripture, uh, we're going to pick up back in Matthew chapter 26. In context, to give you a little understanding of where we are, um, we had finished discussing what is now known as the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, uh, the image illustration we use in demonstrating a communion at the Lord's table today. Uh, they leave from there. Jesus had told them that someone would betray. They leave and they head to the Mount of Olives. Uh, there's a garden at the bottom there, and so they head out to this garden, and we pick them up in this garden. There's been a talk about that people betray them. Peter's been told about that. And now what we find is we find a time where Jesus is, if we can almost say debating, he's praying, he's interceding with God, his Father, on behalf of the events that he knows are coming. So let's go ahead, jump into verse number 36, Matthew 26, verse 36. The Bible says, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to that death. Stay here and watch with me. So a little bit of context as we see this. They have gone to this garden, which is at the foot of the Mount of Olives, um, and he goes further. He has his group, and then he takes a smaller group, Peter, uh, what is his sons of Zebedee, which are James and John, and he goes further into the garden is what it would appear to be. One of the things I always find intriguing throughout Scripture, throughout at least the life of Christ, is that Jesus had his 12, but then he had even a smaller group. And a lot of times what we look at is we see big crowds, we see things like that, but Jesus made a point to acknowledge that success and and mentorship and discipleship was not found in the fact that at some point he might have had thousands and tens of thousands of people following him to see miracles and things like that. He was really more invested in the individual. So he had this crowd of 12, that was minimalized from the group, and then he had a smaller group inside of that. And, uh, and some would say, was that favoritism? No, that is him preparing the people for what is coming. And I think it's an example we can take in our life that we should be striving to recognize that it is the individual, it's their soul, it's helping one, it's helping a family, it's helping a group of people, a small group extend, and of course they multiply themselves, but that's it's an example we can take from this. So he takes these three, go further, but now you begin to see a real uh, truth of the transparency of Jesus and what he's enduring at this point. He says in verse 38, my soul's exceedingly sorrowful even to death, stay here and watch with me. So he comes and he talks about, now please remember, while he has been telling the disciples what's coming, I don't think they fully grabbed on, and I'll explain in this passage why I think so. So they come, he's sorrowful to death, he knows something big's going to happen, uh, he says, please watch with me. Now, they have not really caught on to what's going on, he did say someone's going to come betray them, you're going to run, they said it's not going to happen, they... I just don't think they've grabbed the gravity of what's about to take place, and so he takes them. Uh, verse 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So I believe Jesus is looking ahead to the 
immense pain physically he's going to go through, uh, the punishment that God is going to put upon the sin. Uh, I think he's dealing with the fact that there's going to be an immense amount of guilt because he's going to bear the sin of all mankind on himself, a man who has never experienced sin, the guilt and all that comes with it. Uh, not to mention that there's going to be a separation where God will turn his back on Jesus because he's bearing your sin and my sin and all of this coming, and more than just the physical pain, which is going to be there, but all the other stuff, Jesus is saying, God, is there any other way we could possibly pay for the redemption of the sin of mankind? And he goes, but if not, I'll do this. I love the fact that you see the humanity of Jesus coming out saying, I don't know if I want to endure all of this. But then he comes back and he says, but Lord, if this is what you want, what, what an example we can take that some of the things that come into our life are not always what we want, not always what we would have prescribed, not always what we think are best, but they are God's plan. And so we would submit to that. It's a great lesson to learn this. He continues in verse 40, then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he finds his, his three men sleeping. And he said, wait a minute, I asked you to watch. It's only been an hour. Could you not be awake and watch for one hour? What's going on? Again, I, it looks to me like the men had really not grabbed the gravity of what's going on. They don't realize what's about to happen. They have not really grabbed a hold of the warnings that Jesus brought their way. And they were just like, it is what it is, no big deal. They just went to sleep. They were tired. Uh, they were just going to wake up and continue on this journey that they've been on, not realizing the reality of what's going on. And he said, I love what Jesus says. You're, uh, this, um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, there's that part of you that wants to do something, that spiritual part that wants to make the right step is always willing, always desiring. But our flesh is what often makes us fail. And that's an important part to make sure, one, that we've got rest, that we're taking care of ourselves, uh, that we're feeding the spirit so that it would overrule the flesh. We know in a little bit these men all just run away and they deny Jesus ultimately as a result of this. Okay, and then, and then he continues, verse 42. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Then he came and found them asleep again, and their, uh, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came with his, to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Now, please remember, in the upper room at the Last Supper, he had warned this was going to happen. Just before, either on the way or when they got to the garden, he'd warned this was going to happen. So this is not a matter of, okay, I've been kind of, you know, secretively giving you information. He had been given detailed information of what's happening, and yet they didn't get it. Uh, so many times I, I get from this, at least when I look at it, is I wonder how many times in our life that we look at we look at what God's doing and we're so busy seeing what we want that God is doing or not doing or what we think he's doing that we haven't stopped just to say, Lord, what are you doing? What can I learn? I think we're so busy trying to figure it out. We're so busy trying to fix it. We're so busy trying to do all these other things that we've lost the perspective let me just stop. God, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life? What are you teaching me? 
You know, sometimes we're so busy, Lord, fix this person. We're so busy, uh, solve this problem. Lord, if, if you would deal with my finances, if you would deal with my family, if you would deal with my marriage, and we've got all these ideas in the human mindset that God would just do this or that, that our problems would be solved. And the fact is that many times, and in most cases, it's been not all, but in many occasions, instead of looking at it and saying, God, if you would solve these problems and I'd be better, and what God's trying to say is no, changing your circumstances will not solve your problem because your problems are not in your circumstances, your problem are in you. Sometimes your response to your circumstance, sometimes in your own thinking. So I'm not going to change your circumstance, I wanna change you. That's what he was trying to do, is teaching these men, uh, the circumstances coming, you're missing the reality. May that be a lesson we pull from that, that, you know, it, as Jesus is being taken away, and we'll get into the more detail tomorrow of Peter and all the things that he's going to jump into, and really the beginning of a, of a sham court, and we'll look into the details of what that means and how most of this is just illegal at best, and we're going to see how Satan worked through all of this. May we get from this that he says, listen, when it's all said and done, it's too late now where the, the, the horrible thing's about to happen. May we not miss what God is trying to teach us while we're looking to kind of control what we think God's doing. Again, thanks for joining us today and giving me a few minutes to be part of your day. Appreciate the time that we have together. Hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us again as we continue. We'll jump back into verse 47 tomorrow as we look into the details of Judas's betrayal and continue to work the journey to the cross. Again, thanks for joining us today.